0: resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're focusing on Easter. We're focusing on people coming to know the Lord, on evangelism, and on outreach. Uh, Last um In week one, if you remember of this series, Easter's for Everyone, we had Brother Manuel here. Brother Manuel has returned to Costa Rica. He's there at home with his family. He said, uh, I talked to him last week, he said, be sure and greet everybody and say hello to them. Uh, Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love offering to him, ministering to him and to his family. We appreciated that. But he came and he encouraged us. He gave us a word. Remember, he said, stay strong in the faith he said it's it's time that god 's people just need to be strong in our faith we need to we need to continue to be strong and and then we had a word about breakthrough is coming anybody remember the word about zoom right how many people are believing for zoom i 'm believing for oh okay how many people are believing for zoom that god's going to bring breakthrough amen I, i'm telling you and we're starting to see it I mentioned this last week but but it's really neat to see, man, we've heard reports of people getting saved in service, com- recommitting their lives to the Lord, renewing their lives to the Lord. We've had people physically give testimonies of physically being healed. We had a lady that was healed in Kairos. We've had other people that have experienced just blessings and breakthroughs, God leading them, providing for them in special ways. Guys, I'm telling you, breakthrough's happening. Don't miss it. Jump in. Be a part of it. Amen. Let's Zoom together. Let's Zoom together. So I'm so I'm excited about what's, uh, what's going on, what God's, um, what God's doing. And then last week, we looked into the Old Testament, and we told a story, how many people remember? We told a story about four, remember four lepers, very good. Somebody give them a gold star, okay, very good. Four lepers, and how that there was the city, the God, God's people were being oppressed by the enemy, and God used four lepers to, to bring breakthrough for the whole kingdom. And they went and they put their faith in God. And they, they said, oh, the, very, the worst thing that could happen would be that we would die. But, but um, they, when they put their faith in action, God blessed them. He provided for them. And then when he provided for them, they said, hey, you know what? God's being so good. He's causing this to be such a good day. There's so much good news that's going on in our lives. We've got to share it with other people. And we kind of left the day saying, we can do, at least do what lepers do, can't we? We can at least share the good news of Jesus Christ. The, they determined in their hearts for them not to share it, meant that there must have been something wrong. We said the, the word punishment we talked about last week, that it, that it really meant iniquity. It, it meant unrighteousness. It meant, it meant depravity. Depravity means being cut off, completely separated from God. And it meant perversion. And, and, and I'm thankful today that I believe that I'm talking to a group of people who said, that's not us. We're not going to let there be any depravity, any perversion, any iniquity in our hearts. We're not going to hold the good news of Jesus Christ to ourselves. We're going to share it with people. Amen? We're going we're to share the good things that God has done. And so that's where we're going to pick up today in the book of Acts chapter 1. The book of Acts chapter 1, chapter 1, the book of Acts. If you'll turn there in your Bibles, on your phones, and and I believe maybe even get prepared to take a couple of notes here this morning. As you're turning there, let me remind you that Acts chapter 1, we pick up the story where Jesus has already been crucified. He's been buried, and the resurrection has taken place. He's shown himself to women. He's shown himself to men. He's shown himself to people walking down the street, the scripture says he's shown himself to over 500 people on multiple occasions. So Jesus wasn't trying to hide. And we come to the the very last few moments of Jesus' life here in Acts chapter 1. And we pick it up where he's gathered a group of his disciples and followers together. And that, so he's instructing them. His last words. How many people know that last words that people speak are very important words? Uh, last words. Um, yesterday I... I did a, um, a funeral and the, the family was talking about how that, how, how that mamaw uh, mama was always uh, telling them how much she loved them. And just hearing those last words that they were loved meant so much to them. Last words are very important. And so what we're going to be reading here are some of Jesus' very last words. You ready? Acts chapter 1 beginning in verse 4. It says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said you have heard from Me, for John, <coughs> excuse me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now I, I like this is this, this is interesting to me. He's talking about you're going to receive power, you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then they um, they asked him. So their their, their response to him, is what him was, Well, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. They, they were missing the point. So Jesus circles back around. He says, let me reemphasize this. Let me tell you again. He says, but you're going to receive, in verse 8, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How many people think receiving power from the Holy Spirit is a good thing? I don't know about you, I can't live without it. If it's not the Spirit of the Lord living through us, man, we're going to have some really deep troubles. But the Holy Spirit comes to bring power. And it says, and you will be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of sight. Everybody see the picture? Jesus is talking to his disciples for the very last time and he's got them right there. He's looking at them just eyeball to eyeball and he said, hey, get this. The last thing I want to do, the thing I want to point you towards is being filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right where you're at, in Samaria, cross-culturally, to people of different races and kindred and tribes and tongues. And He said, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth, everywhere you go. I want you to be my witnesses. How many people think that it might have been, Jesus might have been trying to get the point across to them, it's important to be my witnesses? I think it's important. Well, if it was important to Jesus, then it probably needs to be important to us, amen? So, let's start. Let's talk about a couple things. Let's ask some questions this morning. Question number one, you ready? Is, who is a witness? Who is a witness? Well, the Scripture tells us here in chapter 1, verse 8, doesn't it? It says, but you, the people that he was talking to, right, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. So what he's really saying is everyone, everyone who receives Jesus, everyone who is touched by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, then we are to be his witnesses everywhere we are who else so it wasn't just the disciples it also means us doesn't that now now i want us to be sure that we hear these words okay he says you will be my witnesses you will be, now I know we talk about doing witnessing, we go out and listen, anybody ever gone out and passed out tracts or maybe you've gone out and you've knocked on doors and years ago there was a program called um, Evangelism Explosion where we would go out witnessing and knock on doors and take spiritual surveys and, and lead people to the Lord and that's a great thing, a wonderful thing to do but, but Jesus says before we start trying to do witnessing, we need to be witnesses, Right? Wednesday night in our, um, in our group time together, uh, I liked how Kenny Lang uh, said this. He said um, during our Wednesday night group, he said, it was a great day when he realized that he was a human being and not a human doing. Isn't that good? How many times have we thought, well, I've got to do good things. I've got to do works for the Lord. I've got to witness for the Lord. But, but Jesus is saying, hey, wait a minute. Before you start trying to do, why don't you be? Be my witnesses. And how do we be as witnesses? Well, the scripture talks about it, doesn't it? We receive, <coughs> excuse me, we receive the Holy Spirit. So um, we want to be first and then we want to do, right? Now, in every one of the gospels, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four gospels, Jesus, it's, uh, the, the gospel writers record the last words of Jesus. They, they, they have a little different perspective on it, a little bit different insight, but, but they all uh, think that it's so important they include these last words. and So Matthew says, go, make disciples. Mark says, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel. Luke says, you are witnesses. Go be witnesses of all the things that you've seen. John says, in chapter 20, verse 21, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Look, Jesus is saying, "Go, go, be my witnesses. Go, I'm sending you. It's part of part of your, your your um part of who you are. Part of your destiny is to be witnesses of Jesus Christ and witnesses for Jesus Christ. Amen." So, being saved, getting saved, accepting the forgiveness of Jesus Christ not only makes us a son or a daughter, it doesn't just change our identity, right? It also makes us a witness. Look to the person beside you and say, you are a witness, okay? Now, the, 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 the tough thing for us to understand is whether we like it or not, we are a witness, good or bad, right? Positive or negative, we are witness because what a witness is, it's just what's being demonstrated by our lives. All right. Number two, here we go. Second part second question. So what is a witness? Here's a definition of, of a witness. A witness is someone who gives truthful, truthful personal testimony to what they have seen or heard. To what they've seen or heard. I'd finished up. Um, I'm studying this week, and then I um, was flipping through, um, just looking at things to watch, uh, uh, m- minimizing some of you I'm, 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 ebbing. I'm, uh, you know, walking into a, a a fast of all entertainment and all those type of things during our prayer and fasting time, uh, up until Easter. But I, uh, so I turned on this teaching time by by this guy that really needs our prayers and encouragement, a guy named Robert Morris. Anybody ever heard of Robert Morris uh, Gateway Church? And and he was talking about being on one of the last few weeks. He was talking about being an authentic, an authentic witness, and 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 he said it's surprising how many times that that connection between what's seen and heard, seen and heard, to give testimony of what's seen and heard. Go and tell what's seen and heard. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself. Jesus himself comes to earth, and what does he say? He goes, I'm just telling you what I've seen of the Father and what I've heard of the Father. He says, that's all we have to do. So a witness is someone who gives personal, uh, truthful personal testimony to what they've seen or what they've heard. In the biblical sense of being a a, a witness, the the word witness from the Greek is, is um, is martas, martas. And when you hear that, when you hear the word martas, What do you think about right away? Do you think anybody think about the word martyr? Right? The word martyr. So what what the implication of the scripture is here is that that being a witness is someone who puts their life on the line for the truth, for sharing to share the truth of what they've seen and then what they've heard. Now, let me ask a question this morning. Is there anybody here that has heard the message of the gospel? And because you responded to the message of the gospel, seen a change in your life. Is there anybody? Anybody? Man, I'm telling you, I sure hope so. I hope that's every person here's experience. Well, because you have seen and heard, then you now become witnesses who, who at the, the cost, at the, you know, the willingness to lay your life down, are given, are empowered with the responsibility Okay, the, not just the responsibility, but the privilege of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? We see a good example of this in Acts 26. I want us to look at Acts 26. In Acts 26, we see that there's a guy named Paul, and Paul was, um, he was a, a, a religious fanatic, he wasn't a follower of Jesus. And he was so anti-Jesus that at one time the scriptures, the Bible tells us that Paul was going out and he was persecuting the followers of Jesus Christ. Um, We hear the account of in the Bible when there was a young man named Stephen who was the first martyr, the first person who really laid down his life as a witness for Jesus, that Paul was standing there holding the coats of the people throwing the stones But Paul had an amazing experience with Jesus, a Damascus Road experience the Bible talks about. And so sometime later in Paul's life, he's before this king, and now he's being persecuted because of his testimony about Jesus. And this is where we pick it up, verse 19 of Acts 26. Paul says, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, what I had seen, And what I had heard, but I declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing Paul gets saved, okay, and then he starts to do what witnesses do. He starts telling people about what happened to him. He starts telling people, I saw a vision. Jesus spoke to me. I accepted Jesus. My life has changed. I'm no longer bound in the law. Now I'm free in the Spirit. His life, everything about him has changed. And so he's giving testimony. Where? In Damascus, where he was at, in Jerusalem, throughout all Judea, and then even to the Gentiles. That they should repent, turn to God, and do works and do works befitting of repentance. For this reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and they tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, anybody thankful for help from God, I am thankful that God helps us, even in difficult times, right? To this day, listen what he's doing. He says, "My life was persecuted. I was threatened with death. I got out of that. God got me out of that situation. But I go right back to witnessing both to small and great, Saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would to come, listen to this, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be for the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. He's going to proclaim light to everybody. you know what? that's our story that's 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 my story that I was once blind in darkness. Mike said it when he was up here a while ago. I can remember what it was like to be zealous for the world, all out for the world, right? And then Jesus comes in and and he frees us from that sin. Can, Can I just tell you that I get concerned sometimes that when people have been around church a little bit too long, that they forget that they forget that they weren't always saved. That that there was a time when they were walking in their sin and they were were headed to hell to an eternity separated from God. But, But God in His grace and in most cases sent someone to testify to them and to witness to them and to share with them. And because of that, they've experienced the love and the forgiveness and the grace and the goodness of God. And then we kind of get casual about it. I was telling the team this morning when we were praying, I don't want to be casual about it. I can remember a time, and this may sound fanatical and crazy to you, but I can remember a time when it was in difficult to, to, to go like to a, to a football game or to a basketball game because I could be sitting in that basketball game and going, man, if Jesus was to come right now, how many of these people would be left behind? How many of these people are lost? How many of these people don't don't have hope? They don't know what love is. They don't know what peace is. They, they They haven't had forgiveness of sins. And can I tell you, folks, I'm praying. I want that same passion to burn in my heart that I can't just walk by people and not care about their eternity. I don't want that perversity in my heart. I want to be that person that says, man, I've got to share. I've got to share the good news. Does anybody remember? What it was like just to be saved for that man to experience the goodness of God. Man, I know where I was going. I know what my life would have been. And God saved me and God changed it. Has He done that for anybody here this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Man, don't we want to share it? So, so mm-hmm. if if this is the only hope for the world, the gospel, the, the story, our story, you know, we, we we don't then then let me ask you this, and third question. So what keeps us from witnessing? What keeps us from witnessing? Now, I know we do some. I, I, I know when there's, op, there's opportunities, and some of us are more zealous about it than others. And, but, but can I tell you that it's, it's the appointment for every believer, for every follower of Jesus. So I think the first thing that keeps us from witnessing is a wrong belief. I, I think many people feel like we have to witness And I'm telling you, folks, you don't have to witness. You get to witness. We get to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit working in us to make us his his witness. It's God working in us. And if God is working in us, if God's working in us, can I tell you this? There will be something in us that wants to share that with other people. And can I say I put this in my notes over here? I just wrote it in here last night. I'm just, you know what? Resisting telling people about Jesus Christ, telling your story, is also resisting the work of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to resist what God wants to do, either in or through me. So we tell our story. I think some people have a wrong belief. The second thing is that I think somehow or another, we've let fear come and speak into our lives I, I, I don't know if it's the fear of being misunderstood or, or, or the fear of somebody thinking something well those those you know those Jesus freaks or something like that or um, fear of being cut off maybe our friends won't treat us like we um, they you know they used to treat us or whatever so we've got these, this, this fear that operates in our lives and, and I think sometimes I think sometimes one of the big fears that the enemy tries to get us to buy into in our lives, is that, that you're gonna, somebody's going to ask a question that you won't be able to answer, and you might get embarrassed. How many people have ever experienced that? Anybody experienced that? I've experienced that. I can remember when I just first got saved, and, and I think I've told you all the story that when I first got saved, they told me you have to do three things every day. Um, they said you have, to, you, have to, um, you have to pray every day, and, and you have to read your Bible every day, and those are good things. You should do those things every day. And then they said, you need to tell somebody about Jesus every day, all right? And so um, every day I was on the prowl. <coughs> I'd look for those opportunities, and I'd, I'd run across somebody, and I'd you know a lot of times I wouldn't find somebody. So then my brother and I shared a room growing up, and so I'd come in at the end of the night, and he'd be asleep, and I'd go over to his bed, and I'd go, hey, Johnny, wake up, Johnny, wake up, wake up and he go, "Sam, you told me about Jesus last night. You need to find somebody else to tell about Jesus, you know. He was always kind of my last go-to guy there, right? So um but I can remember talking to this guy one time, Larry, and and uh and Larry had grown up going to church when he was um kind of in a church where but he you know, kind of a um not a really on fire church, on fire I uh, wasn't a follower of Jesus, and I was, I was witnessing to him, I saw him one day, and all of a sudden he began to ask me all these questions, like, like well, can you prove that the Trinity exists? And I'm going, you know, I've been saved like a week, I didn't even know what a Trinity was, you know, so, uh, well, yeah, you know, and, and it kind of puts you back, but, but I want to I let us off the hook this morning, okay? Hey, you don't have to have an answer for everything that somebody brings up, Amen? And now, look, we want to do what the Scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 13 says this. It said, so why would anyone harm you if you're passionate and devoted to God? But even if you happen to suffer for doing what is right, you will have, listen to this, the joyful experience of the blessing of God. The joyful experience of blessing the blessing of God. So don't be intimidated or terrified by those who would terrify you but give reverent honor in your hearts to the anointed one, Jesus, and treat him as the holy master of your lives. And if anyone asks you about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith with gentleness and with respect. Can I tell you what that says? It says, hey, listen, study, show yourself approved unto God, understand the things of Scripture, grow in the the word of God, grow in the grace of God. I'm telling you, there are some answers we should be able to give to people. There, there, there really should be. But if, if you're in a place where you don't know an answer, you know what, all you've got to do is just tell your story. Right? I mean, all, you, all I have to say is, well, I don't know about all those details. I don't know about all those Greek and Hebrew words. I don't know about all those implications. I don't know about all those you know, funny scriptures that you're bringing up. But can I tell you this? And this was my testimony. There was once a time in my life when I did not know love. I didn't know if my family loved me. I didn't know if anybody loved me. I felt rejected. I felt insecure. But when I accepted Jesus Christ, I knew that I was loved. I knew that I was loved, man. I mean, that's, people could say what they want, but I had an experience Has anybody had that experience that, man, they might be able to trip us up on something, but they can't argue with our experience? Once I was carrying a load of sin in my life, a burden, fear about an eternity and a, about going to hell. And, and all I know is that Jesus came in and he took away that sin. And there's not fear anymore and there's joy to be with him. Once death was something that scared me. But now I realize that the life that Jesus Christ gives me, oh, gives me overcomes all death. Man, who can argue? Well, they may not understand it, but they can't argue with it. Amen? And can I tell you this? Every single person here who has accepted Jesus Christ, you have a story. You have a story of Him coming into your life and and forgiving your sin and and changing you. I I believe, I believe that we need to, 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 to change our definition about witnessing. It's not something that we have to to do. It's something we get to do. It's something we're not fearful of. It's something that's not a task. As a matter of fact, it is fun. It's a blast. Amen? That I get to share my story with someone. And look what the scripture there said in verse 14. You will have the joyful experience of the blessing of God. The joyful experience of... Of the blessing of God. Now, we all love everybody, right? Everybody say we love you, Pastor. I love you all. All right, I love you. I love you very much. Okay, but I do get concerned that sometimes the only thing we're wanting from God is something for us. And God, we're wanting the experience first, and we're wanting the blessing first. And God, fill us with your spirit so that we can have goosebumps running down our back and so that we can just, you know, we can feel really good. And in the midst of it, we have no intention at all of going out and sharing the good news with other people. What did Acts tell us? It says that Jesus said, I'm giving you power to be my witnesses to demonstrate the life of Jesus Christ every place that you go. Now, I believe, I personally believe that part of that witness that we live in is we pray for people and we see people get healed and we see signs and wonders and miracles take place and we see God do works of deliverance and God do special works. Has anybody ever heard God do anything special for them? I mean, I'm just telling you, when God does those special things, we've got people here sitting here, with miraculous testimonies, not 30 years ago testimonies. I'm thankful for 30 years ago, 40-year testimonies, but I love this week testimonies, amen? I love this week when he touched my body and healed me. I love this week when he got us out of debt. I love this week when he, when he answered a prayer and did some phenomenal work. I, I can talk about the old things, but man, isn't it great when you can say, just this week God did this, just this week. Just this week, God helped me. Just this week, God did something special in my life. And that's your story. That's your story. And you get blessed for sharing it. Okay? Last point here. Point four. Here we go. Last point. So, when, where, and who can I witness to? When, where, and who can I witness to? You ready? Everyone. Everywhere. All the time. You can. You're allowed to. You have permission in the name of the Lord. You have permission. You are blessed. You are sent. You are commissioned. You can share it with everybody. Acts chapter one, chapter one, verse eight. What he says, man, go. Start in Jerusalem, right where you're at. So sometimes the greatest place. And let me say this: the place where we need to be letting the presence of Jesus Christ be witnessed in our lives, first and foremost, is in our homes. Amen. To our spouses, husbands to our wives, right? We need to show the love of Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen, right? Wives to husbands, parents to children, children to parents, right? In our homes, as a matter of fact, I've used a statement before that says, if it don't work at home, don't export it, right? I mean, so Let's make sure that it's working at home. Let's be those witnesses, but then to everywhere else in your home and when you go out to eat and, and at your school. And can I tell you this? It'll be fun. Just just look for the opportunities. Last, um, last Sunday, uh, Yvette and I um, had the opportunity. We went out to um, eat where, uh, with my mom, and so we went to this restaurant. And um, some of you uh, talked about this Friday night, but, man, it was just such a joy. First of all, we went into this restaurant, and we went up to the counter, and we've never been greeted more rudely. And she was, man. She was, it was bad. I mean, it was bad. Um, I mean, we would have sent her home if she'd been a greeter at New Covenant. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. So, But something, all of a sudden, I felt this little tap on the shoulder. Has anybody ever felt the Holy Spirit just reach over and just kind of say, wait a minute. Maybe there's something that you're not seeing. And so I was one of those like, no, Lord, no. If not now. I need my burger, right? I need my food, you know. But... I got up and went up to the counter. She was at the register. You know how the Lord is; He just sets things up so cool. And there was nobody around, and I, I just stood there. And she came over. She goes, "You need something?" I was, like, I was afraid to talk to her. <laughs> but I said, "How are you doing? Are you having a good day today?" She goes, "Yeah." I said, well, "You know what? It really doesn't look like you're having a good day today." And all of a sudden, she looked at me really seriously. Says, so "As a matter of fact, it looks like you're having a really, really bad day." I said I just wanted to know if there's something on your heart maybe that that I could just pray with you about and all of a sudden I mean all of a sudden tears just began to flow and I, I know that could have been embarrassing but can I tell you I don't think she was embarrassed I think she was relieved and I said she goes I really am I'm having a really difficult day she goes my dad's in the hospital I'm not sure what's going to happen to him and, and I said I'm so sorry about that I said can you give me your dad's name? And I took her dad's name, and I've been praying for him this week. And, and I just said, I want you to know, I'm going to be praying for him. I said, but what about you? How are you? Can I pray for you? And all of a sudden, I mean, the tears. Just yes. <laughs> I, I love this. You know, Sunday. Sunday. She goes, yes. She goes, I'm having all this stress and all this pressure in my life, and then I have to deal with all these people. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, I know what you know. Those Sunday Christians or something. All right. I'll tell you, man, it's come from church, man. Three minutes late on the french fries, and you're going straight to hell, right? You know, so I mean, that's right. Man, I said, I, I'm so sorry about that. I said, I, I hope the rest of your day it goes good. And I just reached over and just patted her hand. I said, Lord, I just, I just pray you'll just bless her and call her by name and pray for her dad. This all took less than, I don't know, 45 seconds to a minute. Tears. I know God did something. I don't know if He just planted a seed or reminded her that she was loved, but I know this. Week, we, I went back over to the table and sat down and we continued eating. But from time to time, I just kind of glance over towards the register. I, I, can I tell you that it seemed like every time I glanced over, she was just looking at us? I don't know if she was like, those crazy people need to leave. or you know, but More so, you know what I think she was thinking? She was going, Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you cared enough to send somebody just to show me your love. And can I tell you, folks, I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity. I feel blessed that God would trust me with that divine appointment. I want that for you. I want it for you. I want you to experience it. I want you to have that that person that you work with, and they just come in, man, and they're stressed out, and they they had a tough day at home. They, you know, fought with the wife and kicked the cat and cussed at everybody on the road. And they come in, and you know what? And you get the privilege, you get the blessing of being Jesus's witness to them. Jesus's witness.